Well, hello. Welcome back. Hey, wait a second. What That's happened the, to Hey, Hey, Hey? Where's the Hey, Hey, Hey? Hey, Hey, Hey. Or Hey, Hey, Hey. Welcome back to Drinking During Business Hours. <laughs> How you doing, baby? Hi, Sarah. I'm doing good. Good. It's been a good. beautiful day in Los Angeles yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. No clouds. No clouds, no sunny, and yeah. we're in the dungeon, or the cellar. We're in, yes, yeah. as Pretty Easy Podcast likes to call it. I prefer with no to, windows. I prefer to say dungeon because if I use the word cellar, I want to see wine racks with wine. That's true. It. So anytime that I hear one, the word cellar, that's I, you know, and hey, you know, um, uh, we've reached monetization. Yeah, and you know, as we crescendo, uh, that's not a bad idea. Having it actually in a wine cellar. Having the podcast. We can do that. There's yeah, a way let's to do it. it. There's a way to do it. No question about it. We didn't it. have to wait for monetization for that. No, we, we really didn't. Just could have gone to your goddamn cellar in Culver City there. That would be a fun place And it's to nice record. and cool in it's there, really too. Cool in okay, there. we're talking it out right now. Like, yeah. let's do that. Okay. I think we should. All right. So, <laughs> what are we drinking? And then we could. Today, <laughs> today I'm actually pretty excited. You know, I, I, I always say that, but today I really am excited because I love drinking wines from iconic vineyards. Mm -hmm. And today we are drinking a, a real California iconic wine. This is, uh, this is a Chardonnay and it's made by Shalon and, uh, Shalon. Shalon. Yeah, me too. Soft spot in my heart for Shalon. And that's from Monterey. Yes. And, uh, they, have been making amazing wines in California for, I don't know, almost 40 years. Yeah. Probably. And they age really well. Even yeah. the shards age really well. And the winemaker is Greg Freeman. I know him. He's a friend. He's a bagpiper. And he plays the bagpipes <laughs> and he's really, really good. And it's like his passion. He lives in Carmel and he's known as like the local bagpiper. And he makes Shalone on the side. How cool. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think if you play the bagpipes, no matter where you live, you'll be known as the local bagpiper. Yeah, that's true. But, but he, he wears it well. And so, hey, cheers, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Greg Freeman. Much, and, Greg uh, Freeman. Yeah, I'm looking for forward to drinking this. Some of this beautiful Chardonnay. And you know what else I'm looking forward to? Uh, speaking of icon, what do you think? Uh, you, uh, you know, we're changing it up. We're changing it up this episode because you know usually we have our guests are lean on the comedian slash actor side because that's what we do, right? So it's kind of easy. Yeah, but we've to be had a little an heavy. Agent. Yeah, we've, we've had, had other people. Some you know? some variety, but we this is our first photographer. That's exciting. And we have a world renowned photographer whose iconic work has graced the cover of Vogue. L, Cosmopolitan, NYT, and more. Yes. We have. Yes, it has. Photographer Magnus Hastings on the. Do I say episode. hello? Hello, yes. Yeah, now Hi, you're Magnus. officially in. Hi, Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> we met under the most unusual and fun circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did, yes, we met in a very, very. It was weird. It was like a, your comedy night. That was. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It was the strangest comedy night in the Eagle, which is a very at the of, Eagle, pretty hardcore gay bar, hardcore. <laughs> and, and I don't think I understood the magnitude of it till I walked in. Porn, they were playing hardcore porn above your head. Right hardcore, there. right so, above my head. So everyone was not watching the porn and not really listening to the comedy. And I, <laughs> and I was drunk and just heckling, thinking I was hilarious. It was that was the funny. Well, that was the joke, watching comics perform yeah. comedy with hardcore porn over their heads. Yeah. It was, it was. Fun. It looked like I was sucking eight dicks all yeah. at once <laughs> while I was telling dick jokes. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, let me get an image. All right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really, um, I've, you know, I've, I had a blast and 
it was nice because, you know, uh, I met you and I met like really good people that night that yeah. I've, I'm still friends with. And uh, everybody there was really, really cool. But it's a very, it's a really sort of, when an evening, it was a quite a quiet evening and it's sort of laid back. It's sort of laid back. And the eagle yeah. can, it's either laid back and fun or somebody sucking a dick in a corner. And it's right. Simple, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, well, it, it, yeah. And who knows? Maybe that was happening, but I was just kind of engrossed with the people that were there and uh i had such a great time and i was actually happy with what i did i chose not to do my set yeah because you suddenly changed it didn't you at the end you sort of talked about the fact that yeah yeah i I was like you know what let's just talk about this like i'm not gonna act like this isn't happening right above my head in Um, a room like that it's really easier to just talk about the elephant in the room than it is yeah it was great just going on was it was insane it's ludicrous environment of these comedians who had it was the first time you'd all gone in there and done it my first time yes and i recommend every comedian do it no i was supposed to do (laughs) i was actually booked to do this show a few months back by the guy who uh hosts it craig applebaum and uh shout out to craig yeah but i had i got an actual paying gig and i had to drop out so i haven't uh you should go are you kidding me (laughs) where your chaps I, exactly. You would. You would. It would be a pain gig. They. You know. Th- you could get some money stuffed into your chaps. Your yeah. Exactly. Your knickers. <laughs> if you're from London. Um. Uh, but yeah, that was really. And you and I just kind of bonded that night. Yeah. I have my and, now ex boyfriend there, and we were just both hammered and crazy, and it was fun. Oh uh, well, I'm. I'm sorry to hear he's an ex. Yeah, I'm he was pretty cool. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been six well, yeah. Time, it, it takes. It takes some time, right? Yeah. Well, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, you know, you're fascinating. And um, you told me that you were a photographer yeah. at the moment. And we, you know, did a quick Instagram switcheroo. And when I got home, I was like, I looked at your work and I'm, I was just completely besotted with the imagery and the colors and the quality and uh, right. and the um, the direction of every photo. Well, I mean, I missed it. I'm kind of my thing is I'm known as the drag guy. I mean, I, yes, I mean, I've done yes. celebrity stuff and things. Your story is incredible. I read all about you online. Right. I mean, I know what you're doing now, but where you came from and how you started as a theater major and well, yeah, I know shooting a photography actor. is a hobby. Yeah. You right? were a child, a child actor. actor and, um, and then went to one of the bigger drama schools, a very good drama school, uh, and did it for a little bit, but I'm 6'4", so I'm basically way too tall to be an actor. Mm. It makes, I make women look fantastic and delicate, but I make right. men look tiny. So right. you either have to be the lead or the villain or not or, or lean a lot. Right. So, right. Yes. So was, that is true. I, I mean, I ended up the one main biggest job I got was a was a tour and West End show. Um, but I was playing. I was allowed to not be the lead because the lead was was play was gay. Was playing gay. It was a Noel Coward lost Noel Coward play, mm-hmm. and I was playing the young actor who was having an affair with the leading lady. So I was supposed to be tall and handsome, and the and the leading guy didn't have to be. So right. Therefore, I was allowed wow. to have that. And then, and then I just felt I was so over it. I was over other yeah. people deciding when I worked. Mm, you know, yeah. and the thing with actors is, what, what do you do? Write your own script and practice at home. I, can't, I mean, it's it's an option. And I just had enough. I just suddenly woke up one day and went, I'm done. I, I got bored when I did. I had nine months of tour and I was bored. Mm, mm-hmm. And even though I obviously I was more successful as a child, and I right. had a cab driver once driving me to um, the theatre. 
saying, oh, has been at 12. And I was like, oh, okay. Ooh. Stuck in my head. I was in a huge production of Hamlet that was winning every award, and um, Jonathan Price was Hamlet. Sure. Okay, okay. And it was really famous because he was doing the dead, the, his father, but he was doing it like he was possessed. Right. So he did the, it was like his, an exorcist thing. So it became this smash hit, and uh, by, directed by Richard Eyre, if you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. um, and I was the player queen, which was, you know, the, so it was this huge deal. Yeah, and, that is a huge deal. And, um, and yeah, and it was that taxi driver. And I just thought, oh. well, I, the irony is he's a cab driver. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah talk about what. Yeah, oh my right? God, and he will never. <laughs> talk I mean, about washed up like, at 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. So you were, uh, you're from London? Yeah, I grew up in London. I was okay. born in Norfolk, but I grew up in London. For oh, wow, one of the most stimulating, exciting yeah, cities in I the mean, world. It was, it was, I loved it, then I hated it. And then when I, I had to leave, I I came to America when I was traveling when I was 20 on my own. Mm, and, love that. And then, well, my dad said, you should go and travel. And I said, well, okay. And Great I just advice. It's a good dad. Of, well, kind of, he was kind of, he did kill himself. Anyway. Oh, um, I'm sorry. It's fine. We, we can laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> suicide. That, no, yeah, suicide. terrible. How, okay. How that? Yeah. Um, no, I'm, that's, that is awful though. It's, yeah. It, well, do you... Yeah. And is your mom still around? Yeah, my mom's around, um, and I see her. I mean, I'm. Were they married? They no. They divorced when I was five. Okay. And, um, it was difficult. I had a difficult relationship with my dad, and and he was a difficult guy. Well, every must, yeah, guy I know, and I had a very difficult relationship with my dad. Everybody I know, it's very rare. I'll talk to someone and they'll be like, yeah. "Oh, my dad and I are like best well, no, friends." You, you see, I in my head because you've seen all the films and you've seen. I was, mm. I'm not, I, you know, I'd never had a decent male figure. My stepfather was monstrous, and I didn't have any relationship with a man growing up that I see in movies and TV, right where they go off and they do things together. Yes, and go fishing or whatever. Me neither. With with my with a male figure, nothing until I was older. Now you do everything alone with me. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a lot. It well, well, a lot. the irony is you're you're very masculine, and you're yeah, oh, oh yeah. absolutely. I was going to say something and very rude, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can say it all, right? We already, I already said I look like I was fucking eight. Yeah, we don't, we um, don't censor here. Exactly, say whatever you fun. want. This is all open. Yeah, but uh, no, I I find you very masculine, and uh, and you're very successful. You know, and it's it's interesting. You know that kind of background and how that can sometimes catapult one to have more drive. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, well, I kind of, I mean, with photography, I taught, my dad was a semi-professional photographer, and I, so I grew up watching him. Ah. He had a dark room in the house, and I would, and he'd, I'd watch these amazing, he'd photograph, he was portraits as well. Right. And, but there were all these incredible kind of model girls, he was, he'd have affairs with models and things, and I, and basically I'd just see these beautiful women. Um, appearing from the water, right. the and stuff mm-hmm. when I was very young. And it was, and I just, it was just kind of magical. And then I, but basically I taught myself. So I was want, always wanted to be an actor. Um, but then I found his old enlarging equipment and turned my bedroom into a dark room because I had a sink in it for some reason. So I could. Ooh. And I just taught myself. I never cool. did a class. Wow. Um, it was, no, but it was kind of, it was kind of, I didn't read a book. I just kind of did it. It was right. your and calling. Yeah, and it was, and I, the only thing I really I do regret now, or it, is that I don't technically I'm you know I'm always second guessing myself because I'm not trained, so there is that mm. element of going I really wish I'd not stuck with 
I mean, I'm, I went to this drama. I had the best time of my life at drama school, so I don't regret that. But I really wish I'd studied. Right. Because I always, on my own, you know, it's the full imposter syndrome and all of that. But so I, I worry. I mean, when I've my, I when I had a first, my first show, I got in this sort of gay bar that was the only decent place to do shows in Soho for gay stuff, and all um all the magazines saw it picked me up and, and I was yeah. doing the covers of their magazines yeah, just right away but just I go boom. in not knowing and I was only shooting natural light to start because it's oh, how I just right. did what I'd done and I remember having a huge job shooting I had to shoot a cover and inside of Girls Aloud who were like the next Spice Girls in England right. the biggest girl band ever and I went oh god shit I gotta light them because <laughs> it was the middle of winter I didn't know how so I went and did a two day course I did the first day of the course and I, I, also, I kind of went, I think I know what I should do. But I, so basically I went to do this course and it was, I was right. And they just, they, but we were supposed to then do a little project and come back and do And I was like, I can't, I'm going to shoot Girls Aloud. And now I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I also thought I can't come back in going, look, I just shot Girls Aloud like a total cunt. So right. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So, um, <laughs> but it, it was, it just worked. And then it, it there is that thing about, you know, just learning on your feet and ha the stakes were so high for me. Having, right. having you know, people mm. thinking, thinking I could just do everything and going, oh, God, I've got to, I've got to make it work. And, it, and it, that's how I kind of learned. In a well, and, and it's interesting awesome. because, you know, when, when you, you have those thoughts of, you know, second guessing and, and wishing that you were, uh, you know, maybe had had gone through the program or whatnot, but people are, I would assume, looking to you like you could probably teach a master class. You know, I have people yeah, saying, yeah. I've had people saying, "Can you come and do it?" I did one lecture recently in a in a college here, and I've been asked before, and I've always said no because I've always gone, I get so. You're nervous. like, all right, I'll do it, but oh. we can't talk about lighting meters, no, aperture. Like, <laughs> I can't talk about <laughs> f-stops. But I know what I do, but I know, I mean, obviously I know all of that. I do know all of that stuff, only I kind of think I don't, and I do. Right. And then someone said, uh, there is so much that I do have to, it's like learning to make something out of nothing, right. doing things on a shoestring budget. I did this, my book that was a big success was my mm -hmm. first book, was basically I was running around America shooting, using the streets as the background, using whatever, dragging a background into my hotel room and making it work wherever, and that in itself... Is, a lot is huge, and yeah. to, to explain to students that you know, you if you mix light, you mix outside light, you throw a light in, suddenly you look like you're on an expensive set. Yeah, if you know how to manipulate it properly, right? And, you know, so I'm now at the point where I go, okay, now I do have something to say. But I, I and and how you don't stop, you just you you go on to the next project. You're always doing things, and you have, I mean, so you I have, have been. I'm having a, I'm having a like, I'm actually very much changing. It's hard because I've, you know, as I said, I was the drag guy and I was the, for a time, the basically, arguably the most famous drag queen. Drag yeah. Queen, drag queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, world. yeah. That's, that and, has been written about you. Yeah. 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 And, but now and then it was, but that was also with the whole rise of drag and everything. I was part mm -hmm. of that. And the, now everyone wants to shoot drag. All the young queens want to be shot by fashion photographers. So they think, oh, Magnus Hastings, boring old drag photographer. But the whole, I, you know, even in the, this new season of Drag Race, I shot the best drag queen in there, who's Sasha Colby, who I hope wins. But I'm still, it's still like, it's not exciting to me anymore. I've, and I, it was, it's been exciting to me for 15 years. And uh, suddenly, well. like, I'm, so now I'm actually working, and also I've not got rich on it. Um, even if I'm, 
all they've all got rich on it, but I mm, haven't. Interesting, yeah. So, and, you know, in front I mean, of the camera, book you don't make a, you don't make right. huge amounts of money because they're so expensive. So to make, right? Yeah. And I get you know to be really crass. I used to get one dollar forty from each book from that would be sold. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. And that's a sixty dollar book. It was yeah, it was for fifty, but it was because that was the it was you know this that's the deal with publishers. I got right. a slightly mm. better deal on my next one you know and i got an advance which is unheard of but it's the advance because you're a name but it's, not, and but it's just it's and you don't make lots of money and people think you do so and they'd see me everywhere yeah see my work and think oh my, he must be loaded and it's like, oh, yeah no. <laughs> well that's so so interesting and so that's kind of i would i uh, defeating i would i would imagine you're like why would you have incentive to do another well i told but know? i've always yeah i mean but i do you do them because i also like being completely in control and which leads into what i'm doing now which is having to work as a team and <laughs> <laughs> so i've always been completely even when i work I, even when i get clients or record companies and things i'd be very they'd generally go right you just do run the show yeah and i've always done that and uh and been very in control of what i do and then suddenly i'm working on another book idea which is also going to be a documentary and i've got this big big documentary producer Involved, and we fell out after the two weeks. Said, I don't think I can work with you. Oh. And she said, "I think you're a you. You're, clearly, you, you're a one man show, and I like to work as a team." And I, mm-hmm. I went okay. And then I wooed her back. Oh, and she did start telling me that. I hope she doesn't listen to this. She did. And she, <laughs> she said. Um, that I was being, she thought I was being sexist in a meeting. And it's like, oh my God, I'm an equal opportunity bulldozer. Oh, I'm man. Right. I, I don't find, I don't find you sexist at all. I know, yeah. Just being used to taking control of everything. Right, right. But anyway, I realized that actually she loves to be a team that she leads. Okay, so, I'm so who's. To, learn to take a. Right. Usually, like when people criticize, it's about them. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's fine. That's she's, interesting. She's doing a good job. And a great job, and I'm okay. And I'm, well, but I'm just going okay. I'm, I'm. It's I. I mean, even when I have an assistant, I take over. I'll tell them to do something, and then I kind of get annoyed that they're doing it quickly enough. And so you're yeah, a little bit of a micromanager. Like, yeah. But now you've got a producer who's kind of cracking the whip, saying, "I'm going to produce. The sh- the you're going to be the subject." Yeah, and she's also well. I'm kind of semi. It's about uh, some. It's about the older queer community, and I'm sort of through line of it, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not about me. I would say per se. It's so American, isn't it? Ugh. Um, <laughs> per se. Yeah, you're a while, haven't you, Magnus? Yeah, when Americans say that, they think they're speaking French. I know, and I always go, do you know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> they don't. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. yeah, but it's 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 great to have somebody, rather than, you know, having someone film and think, oh, I'm going to put that together later. It's actually a full crew for everything. So right. that is one thing I'm doing. I'm working on a... a a reality show idea that people have got very excited about which is insane and i can't say more than that but, but that's reality tv yeah, every, well, every concept is insane yeah, initially shooting mixed with some craziness with and i went okay well yeah i just let's i need to make some money yeah of course right yes especially and, I mean, sell me a talent of, right. of this size why yeah, should you care yes. i don't ever think anyone's a sellout if you're an artist and someone wants to pay you big money for you to do something yeah that's the job yeah. That's yeah, what we that's do. Success. There's no such thing as well, selling just, out. And, mm-hmm. and also, I quite like doing if doing something different. I, yeah. You know, I've been doing the same thing. In, or, uh, being, it's it's really, I was so lost in being the creative, not lost in it, but it's been so taxing, having to come up with ideas and concepts and 
you know, I'm doing about to do a shoot with uh, two drag queens for a magazine of Big Spread, and you know, I've got to come up with the idea, and I've got to do this, and get all the props, and take do everything. It's exhausting, I would imagine, right. because you're producing as well, yeah, I'm producing like it, yeah, with creative directing yeah. it, and I'm kind of like that was exciting when I could be bothered, right? <laughs> when when it was new, but yeah. it's, I finally like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've got to do that in, a, in 10 days' time. Shit, I, I better pull myself together. Right. You know, there's some, there, there are some similarities to stand-up comedy yeah, sure. a little bit because I, I can relate to, you know, initially I was really drawn to it after being an actor. I was so drawn to stand-up because I finally was in control. Yeah. I, could fi- yeah. I didn't have to rely on someone to hire me. On someone, you know, the the crew and the production and the DP and the, you know, on and, it just goes on and on. Well, you, uh, crew, well, exactly, that ended exactly. quick, didn't it, though? And then, and then, <laughs> so then I started doing stand up and I felt, oh, so in control. And so, but yes, that, and then gradually producing stand up and, and you are your own I mean, it's producer you and director. And I, mean, I can't imagine how stand up could either be the most, I imagine, the most exhilarating, fantastic thing or the most. Terrifying. And, and it, yes. Yeah. And it's it's a hit or miss. It doesn't yeah. matter how experienced, how funny. If, yeah, it, it's just, it's a very subjective, comedy subjective. Well, I so. remember right. a play when I, when I was an actor and I was doing um, a Shakespeare and I was being Andrew Eggy Cheek. And I did mm. this, there was one night, most of the nights it was, it was, we were doing very kind of broad comedy and it worked. And there was one night when it just didn't work. And I stayed on, I overstayed on the stage on purpose. I was like, you're going to really learn what this is like to die on stage. Right. So I really lent into it, knelt into it, whatever. And it was, it was, I, I was fearless. It was like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to stay here. You're not going to clap for me. You think I'm ridiculous and I don't care. And it was when, when of, was, when was this? Be, when did that? Oh God, that was, God. That was when I left drama school, so it was one of my first jobs. It was just... It because was I would love to see you on stage. <laughs> yeah. I, I just and think you would be... There's a real art to dying. Fearless. Too. Well, no, that's what I mean. That, so that I is a skill in and of itself. It go and go, I don't... Rather than go, oh my God, panic, this is the worst thing in the world. Right, go, sweaty. Oh, I know why it was. There was an agent in the audience who turned me down at drama school, and I thought, fuck you, I'm going to sit the here best and fuel. ruin your night. <laughs> yeah, that's the best fuel, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, revenge. Uh, so so w- would you ever go back to like tiptoeing so. in that category? Do you know, I had, when I'd left, when I'd stopped, I, I basically, I very much one of those people who just, I decided to stop acting and I called my agent. My agent called me actually and she said, there's a big audition going to Broadway for Shakespeare going to Broadway. And I went, I've decided not to act. I wouldn't even change, you know, it was like, no, nope, that's wow. what I'm doing. Wow, so and, Yeah, but then resolute. I got pursued by a, casting director who was just for a commercial and he, he was like a year later and he said he's brand interested to me in a bar and he said it's it's just for a commercial I went no I don't want to do it no and he went it's for about eighty thousand pounds and I went oh, okay. <laughs> but I went in for this audition and all I was a terrible audi- a terrible audition right. I get absolutely paralyzed mm. by nerves so I would, and but also then I was I would chain smoke and drink coffee before auditions, which would make it worse, or be hungover. Or right. <laughs> but anyway, I went for this audition, and all of the terror came back, and it was like stuck in straight, you know, like a hand drum. Oh wow! And I just don't. I get nervous before I shoot every time, but it's it's a once I pick my camera up, I'm completely lost in right. the moment. Mm. Whereas with acting, it was, I was either very comfortable and good, or it was torture <laughs> you were like aware of yourself yeah. yes I was terrible on camera mm. i'd be mm. so aware it was like, yeah 
That's oh, fascinating. Yeah. And so now you just really, that that being behind and you can just yeah. get lost in it and you don't have to worry about anything but. But it's also, I've got some, a focus, a real focus of what I'm doing. When I, the, one of the first big jobs I had, they are, they said, do you mind if we have a camera crew if we want to film it for something? And I said, no, I don't want them in the room. <laughs> Such a prima donna. Don't want them in the room. I like it. I hate having a camera. I can't, I, can't, I freeze up. Right. And, um, and then in the end, I felt guilty. And I said, well, you can have them in the room, but keep them away from me. And anyway, so I was shooting this thing and I was, I remember I was really locked into it and because it, it was about 20 people I was having to um, do the composition with. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I realized, it was a lunch break and I realized the camera was here and I had absolutely, right at the side of my face and I had absolutely no clue it was there. Thank goodness. Because I was so locked right. what I was doing. And it's probably great footage. It's so right? ironic too. <laughs> and then I had to go through the pictures on camera but then, you know, like as if, oh, uh, and then I was terrible. I couldn't right. do it. I was like, you know, that's so ironic because, you know, all the different photographers I've shot with over my, <clears throat> my life, I always remember the ones who were able to relax me. Yeah. You know, who knew what to say in such a way that all of a sudden everything else disappeared and I was able to just work for the camera. And I would think that for you, that's like one of those, well, take your own advice kind of things. I, which no, I'm it's, good at relaxing people. Right. Because I usually I make them laugh and also make them realize how utterly unimportant it is. Right. You know, it's uh, a fucking photograph. Yeah. Right? People yeah. think yeah. all of a sudden oh, they're at the Oscars. Yeah. I love that. You know? Yeah. First of all, if and the main thing I, I always tell people to risk, because if you risk... You're, you know, as again, it goes in the trash. If you, if you look ridiculous, but just, it's like acting. You know, to right. be a really good actor, you have to risk making a fool of yourself. Absolutely. And it's the same, really. With you just risk, pull that face that you think that you do in the mirror or do whatever, or you know. Yeah. But I never I, I never tell people to smile. Oh, I, I make them laugh. Because as you can see. That's the more There's organic. a big difference from oh, someone yeah. going. Yeah. And it's actually fake. laughing. Completely. Yeah. Rather fake than smile. constantly smiling. And also, unless it's like a, someone who is very unphotogenic, you don't really want them constantly smiling anyway. It's, the, it's a way of choosing. <laughs> right, right. I, I imagine that's happened. You've probably had some oh, you know, you talent would, that... Well, you'd have to go, oh, I don't know, there's a, oh, the, who is it? I, the one, I mean, I've always said you can, you can be kind of ugly and photogenic and you can be beautiful and photogenic. Sure. You know, but oh. the killer on camera is plain. Yeah. Because you can't do anything with it. And I was once shoot. I shot this... I was doing, I used to do loads. I was a big headshot photographer and I shot this girl in London. Okay, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to shoot me. I know, I know. What? It's 80,000 pounds. Just letting me know. No, but so I was shooting this girl and I remember thinking, oh, she's so hard to shoot. She's so pretty. I got the pictures back and I thought, oh, I can do better than this. So I said, let's reshoot. We did them. I stood, they were fine, gave them to her. Then I ran into this girl in Soho House here and she went, hi. I went, hi, oh God, I love you. You're in um, Downton Abbey, aren't you? And she said, you've, yeah, you've shot, done my headshots. Oh shit. I went, what, did I? She said, yeah, twice. <laughs> and it was Laura Carmichael. The, oh, the, that's the sister, oh, right. Oh, sister, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, you know, because of your headshots. Well, I, I don't know. No, maybe. She was maybe. I bet it got right. her in the rooms, your headshot. Yeah, it's your calling it's card. It's, it's, you know, people with terribly designed <laughs> cards yeah. and you can't read them. They get yeah. thrown in the trash. A good headshot. All right, I'll give you 90,000 pounds. <laughs> in England, they were very simple. And here they're all, everyone's fully made up. Right. There's a whole, there's a whole thing that goes into them. 
Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that talent for, for drag versus talent non-drag. Is there like a big difference shooting? Yeah, like with drag, their because well, I tend to shoot really good drag queens. Oh, yes. So, you do, you're mean, the most famous have, in the yeah, world. Yeah, I do the big ones. And they're up there. So they also, it's, I mean, I'm good at doing things very fast if I need to. And they know a good drag queen is much, much easier to shoot than a model. A good model is very good. But generally, people who who think they're models, who then you have to coax things out of, and they do standard crap. And right. drag queens just know how to. If you give them five frames, they will turn out five amazing frames. Wow! Whereas models tend to not. Maybe models there's more take personality lessons. in shooting a drag queen. I would say well, they also know it's a I, there's it's a Clark Kent Superman thing. So they they feel guard. They feel not guarded, but it's a release. So you're in your superhero outfit right. and you can and so then they you know if you're shooting them out of drag I mean I once shot I did did an audition video for a drag queen called Pheromone I did her audition video for uh, RuPaul's Drag Race mm -hmm. and she was as Cameron she's actually now transitioned but she was then Cameron was her as a boy and right. Pheromone was her as a girl mm. and I say she about how I, either way anyway uh, and <laughs> so but when we did the I shot it so out of drag and in drag and you had to edit the thing together and when we were watching it back uh, she couldn't look at herself as Cameron. She uh, couldn't oh, even really? rise up. And when she was in Farrah mode, pheromone mode, mm. she was looking in the mirror because she was beautiful. And really? she was yeah, one of the most beautiful drag queens you've ever seen. And mm -hmm. she would be kind of just touching her face, looking in the mirror, going, <gasps> so wow. thrilled with herself because it was a complete alter ego. Right. And now, mm -hmm, actually, mm -hmm. in hindsight, because she was um, trans, but she wasn't at that place right. fascinating you know i remember seeing a picture years ago of divine yeah and but not made up okay and i'm looking at him i'm like that's not divine are you kidding this guy came back he looks like a hillbilly you can't even take then you look at photos when he was done up as divine and it's electric and alive yeah. and it's such a vast difference well, he's in a film he's in i'm trying to think is he in He's in a film as himself and as I think in in the original Hairspray he's, he's oh yeah in the yes and, in the original Hairspray yeah but I, all the movies that Divine appears yeah. in you know the John Waters stuff and whatever you know it was just such a vastly yeah. different I mean, but that, character Divine was so punk rock she was Be, amazing she right was, you know which mm. is the problem with drag now is it's so becomes so mainstream. I mean, it's not a problem, but you've got like what I've really featured San Francisco drag in my book because it still felt really punk rock and amazing. And mm -hmm. people have no money and they'd create these amazing things that would then just, you, it was theater. You, it would be oh, gone. Oh, very the much so. I, yeah. I, I think I was telling Sarah this story. When I was a kid, we drove my sister up to go to college in San Francisco. And there's a very famous uh, drag place up there called Finocchio's. Right. And I don't know if it's still open, but it was open for like 50 years. And back then it was the female impersonator show. Yeah. You know, they weren't. And it'll be Judy. It, and, correct. Yeah. It wasn't, they weren't calling them drag queens back then. They were female impersonators. Mm -hmm. But Finocchio's was known. This was like the famous. So we went. And there was no issue because we were kids. We were with my dad. My of dad course. took us all to the show. Yeah. And they let us in. It wasn't about having to be 18 or over. And you just watch this. And these were like, I'm not kidding you. Some of the greatest performances I've ever oh, seen no. in drag, my when, life. When good drag is phenomenal. Bad phenomenal. Bad drag is, is a nightmare and really boring. But good drag is, I had, to, for the launch of my book, I had a huge thing here. I pulled in 
about 10 different drag queens from all over America who I'd shot, but who were the best performers. And I had people, straight friends of mine coming and going, this is the best show I've ever seen. Right. It was so incredible. And they, yeah, they're just, when it's good, and like, for me, people, some people like lip sync, some people don't. But when lip sync is done, when you see it done perfect. Oh, yeah. Right. It's... It's and fun. It's hilarious and it's, oh, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, the the show, the lip sync show yeah. that was like, Every was like rock, the number one right. television. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they got like huge stars to yeah. do it. Yeah. And everyone was into it. I mean, back back think about this. Back in the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, when you had a band on television oh, on yeah, a yeah. talk show or so, whatever that was, they were lip syncing. Yeah. It was they played with an overdub yeah, track. Yeah. They were masters at oh, yeah. well, Top of the Pops in England, which was the big show. They, they right. tried, they all used to lip sync, and then they suddenly did this thing of making people sing live. And it was like, please let them just lip sync. <laughs> 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 so, did, did I hear you say, so you're on the set of Drag Race? No, I did one episode. So I did. Still? I was, uh, well, yeah, but I, it, I fucked it up with them. So basically, I oh was no! Oh, I want to hear this story. Seven, we'll fix it. Came, I, mean, I, I don't really care anymore. Uh, I, season seven, I was asked to come and be the. They always had the regular photographer was Mike Ruiz. He left for I don't know, and, um, <laughs> and then they asked me to come on the next. So I was just when I'd had a big hit show in New York, but before my book had come out. So my book was in the works. And but I was very very known in drag. I, I like I was suddenly getting my. You were the one. My wings. The go to. Right. Yeah, go to for drag. Yeah, and so they came to me and said, "Would you be on the, the celebrity photographer on the next thing?" And I went, "Okay, am I judging?" Because Mike used to judge, and they said, "No, but you're going to be announced in the workroom, and you're going to." Be this, this, and they schmoozed me, and I was like, okay, but the one thing I don't want is to look insignificant on the show because I've really, it's all, it's built up and it's built up, and I don't want it to just be like this, this, who's that? And um, of course not. So we had three conversations, went on and on and on. And then I went, <laughs> on the day I went there, and they, they said, well, where are your black clothes? And I went, what do you mean? And hmm. they said, I wasn't told to bring black clothes. Oh, and then I looked around, and they had some extras standing there with cameras. So I said, oh, so you want me to look like a paparazzi? Is that what we're doing? And oh, they boy. Went, um, eh. And anyway, so it went uh -oh. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the sequins pantsuit? Stage manager paparazzi. Okay. <laughs> and then they, um, came, first of all, I had a lot, I was having to shoot them at, it was a fashion show, so I was having to shoot them at the end of the runway, and I was brought, and I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a paparazzi type. Right. So I had brought in a light, and I said, and then my light kept being triggered by their fake lights, and then they, the producers walked in, and they saw me, and went, oh, we quite like him, he's tall and English and whatever, so let's mic him. So I went, okay, fine, and then, but I wasn't react, wasn't actually interacting with anyone, when I was at the end of the runway shooting, and I talked to myself a lot. So I mic'd and I'm mumbling to myself. <laughs> and then they go, can you not have that light going off? And I went, I'm not, I'm, or can you leave your light on? And it kept being triggered by something else. And I went, I'm not fucking breaking my fucking lights <gasps> oh, under my breath. Right. So someone's Shit. hearing it all. Then we, go, then we go for lunch and I'm being rude about everything. As, and, um, and then they take the <laughs> mic off me. And then um, RuPaul comes over and introduces herself and says hi. And says, hi, mate. How are you? And I went, why are you doing Australian? And I'm not Australian. Right. She looked, I sort of backed away from me. I was also because I was nervous, so I became instantly rude. 
<laughs> He's very difficult to work very with, nice. this man. Very and difficult. Then, but they also wouldn't give me a list of the people who were who were on the show because it was all supposed to be top secret. Took away my cards so I couldn't see the pictures I'd taken. Then sat me down, remiked me, sat me down and said, right, talk about all of the girls that you've seen. And I went, well, when I'm shooting, I'm focused on getting a good shot. So I'm not... Well, what about Violet Chachki? Which one was that? Right. And they go, um, the one in Tartan. Oh, she was great. And then what about Ginger Minge? Which one was that? Um, because obviously I hadn't seen a name. Yeah, yeah, right. they're you know, making it difficult. You can't see the pictures. It's really difficult for go, you. Say something nice and say something nasty. And I went, listen, I'm not, you're not, you haven't given me a contract and I'm not going to start slagging off the people who I work with all the time. Right. Because I want to do, you know, this is my job. I'm not going to sit there and just be rude about people for the sake of it for a soundbite. So right. they hated me. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, to the launch. Oh. And I go to the launch. First of all, they hadn't told me about it. And, the, 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 yeah, you know, the first, I was in the first episode and it was the big launch thing. And I um, was going to San Francisco and they said, you've got to be there. And I went, okay, can I bring some friends? Yes. So I came and they didn't give me a heads. And basically... They cut all, they were supposed, they told me I was announced in the workroom and all the queens went mad and they were going to judge off my pictures. So it starts, that they know that I'm not announced in the workroom and I thought, uh-oh. Oh, and then, and then I realized, they cut, so basically they cut me to an eighth of a second where they had to legally flash my name and a thing saying celebrity photography. Because you, right. Because that was that. I then kept saying to myself, calm down, calm down, don't flip out in the middle of the, of the launch party. Press. I then went to the loo and had some coke. I then got really, really uh, So I started uh, to bad yeah, everyone at the launch yeah. party. While you're still mic'd. <laughs> anyway, God damn it. Yeah, I, I told them, you know mate. what? And then I would, I would bad mouth the world's one. I bad mouth them in part, like, in... When I was drunk, and I think, and basically Bianca Del Rio. Okay, let's end this story. Bianca Del Rio <laughs> sat me down and went, "Stop bad mouthing them." And I went, "I'm not." She went, "You are," and everyone oh, knows boy. about it. So I, they've never worked with me again. Oh. <laughs> what a great story! It's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, you know. I mean, that's but that was a different me. You see, now I'm sober. You are. You're drinking. You're drinking you're actually, non-alcoholic you're, beer. Right. My non-alcoholic Where, beer that tastes like beer. beer it looks like beer. And right. I love Stella Artois, by the way. And and I should have offered to supply yeah. that for you. I, you know, I have. I, we have bottled warm water. Thanks. If you don't want to drink your nice chilled, right. crisp Lovely. Stella Artois, have, uh, but right, we have warm water and half a That's our craft service. <laughs> But oh, that's, that's just, that zero. is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And man, would I love to be a fly on the wall, you know, for uh, j- j- just to see your, your, your process, you yeah. know, and, and not just on set, but obviously like as you're, as you're shooting these iconic entertainers, when you were going through that on set, you know, just to go back for a minute and then we'll drop it. But I'm just so curious. Did you have an agent or a manager or someone who could? No, I didn't. I've publicist. Always, no, I've had, I've got a, I've got a um, literary agent who found me for the, oh, oh my, it was funny. I for the book. Sure, yeah. yeah. He saw a, a big magazine feature about my exhibition in New York and said, uh, he called me in and said, would you consider doing a book? And I, my whole intention was to do a book. So it was just mm. like, okay, well, this, this just kind of happened and it did exactly what my throwing money at the doing this exhibition turned into exactly what I wanted, which right. was kind of amazing. I, but again, I turned up to meet this uh, agent so hungover I could barely lift my eyes up. <laughs> and I thought, there's no 
weight. He's, I was like stinking of booze, feeling like I was going to vomit any second, like, you know, sweating. And he still took me on. And then later on, I looked up literary agents and he's like, top 15 in america i don't i don't okay. have any doubt you just because you just you exude top-notch talent well i don't but i don't and have charisma a, I don't have and, an agent. I'm th- and I, when i first mm-hmm. came to america there was so, this one woman went oh my god i'll get you an agent in a second and she sent everything around and they all kept saying i was too edgy it was like oh why because it's gay or it's what it was hmm. so irritating what? yeah but i don't care it's like, as i said i like doing my own thing anyway so good it would be better it would be nicer for money but and I well my own deals and i hate it but it, it right. does but, but it does it, i i applaud that though because they everybody says the same thing the most successful entertainers redundantly say the same can you say redundantly say the same thing? That's kind of the same thing as redundant. That's a little redundant. Okay, all right, that's redundant. But they say, you know, that no one is going to do it like you. Yeah. And whenever I... Yes. What's the word? They say you're, you're always but, your own best agent. I, yes, right. yes, because I ask, I, I'm like, well, how did you get this? And how did you get... But and they're like, money. myself, not myself. That yeah. cannot do. And I'm That's like, where an oh, agent just, comes in. Well, no, well, I just... So I'm in the gay men's chorus and... I love it. came up to me... Oh, Please anyway, let us know I, where you're performing. I I'd love yeah. to come and support. All weekend. Oh, where? See, we would love to go. Well, it was it was it was great. Um, yeah. I really <laughs> want to see him work with people he doesn't like. That, <laughs> that's the money to me. I want to film it. I like want to be around you. I will carry your shit. I'll assist you right, one Grace, day. They were idiots. Just, just let it roll. <laughs> they should have like filmed. Like, I will like, carry your, your bags as long as piss and complaining as long about as everybody. You just say to me, Rich, uh, come with me. I'm doing this gig and I fucking hate I these people. All right, I'm there. So, so you were. <laughs> oh no! So there was. Um, was it being doing my own money deal? So there's a guy there who came up to me and he said, "Would you do? I just want some portraits." And I was like, I thought, I don't know why. I just decided that everyone in there was, you know, broke and struggling. And I basically gave him the biggest deal of my life just going you know I'll just do this as a favor is new to the gay men's chorus and then it turned out these pictures went into Forbes magazine and he's incredible like a multi-millionaire what happened and now goes, we need to do another shoot for said amount of money which is what basically five hundred dollars no I'm not no I, I gave you one good one now you're gonna pay me what am I rated I didn't know it was for Forbes I thought I was just doing it as yeah. a favor and oh then wow like, oh my fucking God. no now you just use the words my rate is no because I all can't when I, do, I can't with my will be your agent I know this is, this is what I <laughs> doesn't matter Rich if you really did it you court. did him a favor the first time well, I, have, I have pointed that out but then also very rich people hate spending money yes they, they do, do. Unless you yeah. are willing to ask them well, for it. Well, he's doing a deal on my solar panels, so that's fine. He's doing it. He's, ah. like, he's I, No, he wasn't. Listen, but in the end, he's asked me for to shoot again, and I went, okay, I will do it for the same amount of money, but I want a deal because I want you're going to do my solar panels. Right. Yeah, he's doing that. And he cares about the environment. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Solar uh, so reality TV, that's a funny thing. I would think that that, see, you said earlier sellout. I would think that that would be right in your wheelhouse. Well, no, it is, we started to do, I don't, can't, as I said, I can't really go into it, but it's me and it's to do with animals. It's to do with me. It's to do with crazy people and me taking their pictures and, and another element. And, um, okay. but so, and it's, 
wish I could say it, but I can't. Oh, okay. well, well, you know, no, maybe a part totally two, respect and, that. You can, and we can no, do no, it when it's in like, motion. It's like it's not, we're doing this thing. I've got producers involved. It's, it's just no, like, I understand. But, but I'm it's exciting. Right. We have, but, it's, but it is basically me. We have a project on the burner. Rolling my eyes. I said my job is to take photos, roll my eyes, and just go. Oh, about everything. You do that well. Fun. You do that well. So, but yeah. they they always want to depict you as like, you know, so Rich and I are getting married and we've had an offer for reality TV, but they want me to act like a total bridezilla, oh, yeah. just like that, you know, everything, every negative adjective you can think of. And they're like, but I love the we, way they want to give, you know, it. They want right. to tell and, you what to and do. I, and I entertained the notion because they, yeah. they're offering to pay for it. Right. And that's all it's I like, care about is what's it pay. <laughs> It's like what weddings it? are expensive. Are you kidding? I'll be a Boston Red Sox fan <laughs> if it so, pays enough it's money. It's so cliche. <laughs> it's, that, it's a baseball <laughs> reference. <laughs> it's a baseball. It's like saying. <laughs> no, I know it's the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm from New York and so there's a big rivalry. Handy pants. What are they? New York. The Yankees. Yankees. Right. Yeah. And, and how cliche. I mean, how many. I mean, you know exactly like how you know really we're still on that we're still doing that but that's apparently but this is the thing how about a sweet bride <laughs> nobody wants to see that people 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 don't stop their car people don't stop their car on the highway to look at a car in perfectly good condition no it's they only want to see a car wreck that's what reality tv is what we, beyond the filming of what we're doing, they need to film. We've said both me and this girl said we need a camera on us at all times because the fun bit is the bit when we're not doing right. the, the the stuff that we're. This is home. Yeah, not, not, yeah. This is sorry. This is the worst story ever. Because no, I, I love it. Please, let's do the, the worst stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> It's, and it's good podcasting too, so. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the truth is they really, they want to see the fighting and the crying yeah. and the breakdown and the meltdown and the throwing of the, that's what they want to see. But they, but now people go into reality shows and they do that, well, they go on to Drag Race and they do it. They do it on purpose. They start picking fights and screaming and crying and trying to find their moment. Yeah. Or if my, for my, through COVID, I was watching The Bachelor. Oh, I can't anymore. But you know, I, yeah. Well, we all get, had to lean on those, yeah, those terrifying that brain things. candy during but that dark them, time. But them going and knowing, you know, that they're going to be monstrous because then they're going to get into the franchise and then they get into mm -hmm. something else. That's and get what the it does, that's of it. course. That's it. Sure. Right. Yeah. That's you know that's what they want, and that's unfortunately that's what the crowd wants to see. Well, I only it's like when I watch The Bachelor, I forward through the sappy romantic, I did forward through all the romantic bits because I want them all just being cunts. To it. Yeah, yeah. Right. You want to get to the juicy yeah. part, exactly. <laughs> so, so you have this big project that you can't talk about. To total respect, and I'm so excited about that for you. Well, yes. um, it could go horribly wrong, but let's fingers. Crossed. Well, no, fingers crossed. I'm yes, because you deserve you. you deserve it all. And but what if you could ultimately do whatever you wanted at this stage of your career, what would it be? I don't. Do you know what I don't? If one of these things panned out, it would be. I want to try something different. I. It, it's kind of because for years, the idea of just being having fun on camera and mucking around, and it's at the moment it really does appeal to me because I've I used to get so. Um, locked up in front of a camera, which is one of the reasons I stopped acting. And now mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it now. It's I would just, love to see Because you're older and your stakes have changed. And, and also I, that's be, why, your stakes have changed. But also to not sound like a complete idiot because I stopped drinking. Because I would, it would undermine my confidence. Sure. Because I drink a lot. I was drinking, you know, a couple of bottles of wine to three a night. I black out every other night. It's my hero right it there. It was a lot. 
That's my hero. So it's given me my comp. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not. No, not no. No, yeah, but, but being, being sober yeah. and knowing that you could not drink is certainly going to give you um, it, self-confidence. It, I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, it's funny. It's just that idea of being able to. I th- there was a who is it? So, a quote. This is so. I feel like so naff saying this, but there's a quote from mm-hmm. Katy Perry. Ooh. Who said when? Because you know she got to LA and she became a big boozer. And right. Then oh. she said that she suddenly realized she had to be ready at all times for. It's LA. It's ruthless. Your right. life you can change any the minute. next moment that to moment. Is not so. In a, I don't believe in higher powers and all of this stuff. That I'm so. I, so I stand in AA and I piss everyone off because I'm like, no, don't believe in it. Right. But my thing is, you're if not Illuminati. He doesn't yeah. do the Lord's prayer at the end. I do not. But but the idea of being ready. And when people talk about miracles and God shouts, and it's like no. But if you're just ready for something so when someone crosses your path you are able to not you're not hung over and going oh, i'll do it tomorrow it, it is what that's how good things happen right so now i feel capable of walking into a meeting and and being you know you know even if i'm tired i can go on and i can confident enough to know yes i can be funny and i can do what i need to do i mean i totally get it last year after 44 years i quit smoking weed yeah but I was in all day, every day, yeah, wake and bake, in the afternoon, at night, go on my way to an audition, on my way to a meeting, anywhere. I always had pot in my pocket and I smoked all the time. And now I haven't smoked in about, I don't know, a little over a year. March of, it? yes, I do. It's something to numb you. It's it, something to numb it, you out. Well, it's not only that. I like the creative aspects of it. I like the, you know, the little bit of transcendental you know, mind escape that it gives you. But why and did you, you must be a good reason for you to stop. Well. <laughs> Is this you, Sarah? I don't know why you looked at me. Well, you were part of the reason. I mean, I knew that it was getting to the point where I was like, I think it's time for a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Sarah had made a comment to me before we were actually officially together about not wanting to be with someone who is an all day, every day it's stoner. It's kind of stinky. And I get that, you know. Plus, I, I'm a little bit, um, uh, I wouldn't say I'm spiritual. I'm a little bit spiritual, but I also believe in metaphysics, right. you know. And I think that, and I use this example all the time, I think that, you know, there's only a finite amount of room in your life for stuff. And if you want new shit to show up, you got to get some of the old shit out. And we took up like a lot of my, probably about 65 to 75% of my available space was spent smoking and looking for and growing and talking about and being part of uh, the weed culture. It is. It's it's very, you know, and now that I got rid of that, I understand when you're saying like your confidence changes and you're ready and you're a little bit sharper. And well, weed's never been my, my, it's, it's been, I mean, because I tried really hard from when I was, (laughs) I got caught smoking weed when I was 11. It was like, Mm. you know, 
I tried, but it just never, it just doesn't work. And for some people, it doesn't. It I'm makes me into instantly it. paranoid. Me some too. people does that too. Doesn't agree yes. with me. Even I learned when I got to America, and especially when people go, oh my God, you just had the wrong strain. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the weed store, which is. Weed which store. Is, there no, was no weed but store. It's staffed by <laughs> potheads. Right. So you've got a pothead going, oh no, you've got to try this one. It's great. Or that. No. You staff it with someone who really hates pot and has finally found the tiny strain that works. Right. And then I'll buy into that it. That would be brilliant. But, you know, because then you're helped rather I mean, you know, MedMen, med I, I use it a little bit, not smoking, but edibles for sleep. Yeah. So I use like a very, very, very small dosage to help me fall asleep because yeah. I've always had sleeping issues. And I picked up a little something at that place on Santa Monica Boulevard recently because I had run out. And uh, they have low THC. Oh, they've got CBD and tiny. Not just CBD, mm. but low level THC weed. So... For some people who, you know, they smoke and it makes them paranoid, whatever it is, this is super low dosage. I know, but it was never, yeah. it's like, I, it never worked. I, if, I never got the giggles on it. And if anyone else did, I'd want to I never got face. the giggles on it. I don't even think, I think that's a, a myth from no, 1960s see, oh, movies. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just, I'd be around people. On the, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'd always be drinking when I'm doing it. Yeah, I never got that. <laughs> Me too. Because I yeah. don't, it was, yeah, I, my, my things were uppers. I like ecstasy and I like coke. Oh, I sure. Too. All of yeah. that stuff. So it was booze and it was white spirits because they get you high. Right. Yeah. Always about being Yeah, high. exactly. Right. Upper, weed, upper. The only time weed was amazing was if I was taking lots of ecstasy and then you're coming down and then it would make you rush. Right. you back up again. And that was weird because it would, I would love, love it then. But that was the only See, time. the first time I ever took ecstasy, the person who gave it to us, and I had no knowledge of ecstasy at all, said to me, whatever you do for the next 48 hours... No, weed. no caffeine. Oh, okay. Because caffeine reactivates it. Well, that's good. So we oh, tripped on ecstasy all these years. And, and it was wearing off the next morning. I didn't know. I went to work, and I was a guard at Paramount Studios at the time. And I just took a Coca Cola, and, it's and I drank back. like half the Coca Cola. Oh, About four minutes later, I'm all looped out on ecstasy. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you're you're in AA. You d- you decided you made a yeah, decision I to just three times in two weeks, and I because of what, I'd end up in I have terrible anxiety attacks that I thought I was dying, and it was just awful. But it was all it was every it was booze and drugs and everything. So I then just went. I can't. I can't do it. First of all, I don't want to die. Um, mm. Because I was putting terrifying things in my system and then taking sleeping pills and taking Viagra. Uh, a cocktail. A cocktail. Literally. A dangerous cocktail. Literally. You know, and just all of the Coke, poppers, Viagra, Coke, I mean, the whole right. mixed together and gallons of vodka. So you think, well, that's not drop dead. That's not <laughs> so then I got in my seventh way and I have, gen- and I tried it before 10 years ago and I hated every minute of it. And then this time I went in there with a whole different attitude and, I kind of have had a great time, made friends. I, I, my world had become so small from, I'd just go to the bar with my, people I considered my friends, I guess, but they were just the same alcoholics sitting around the bar. Right. Talking about, I don't remember what I talked about. All they'd be gay men talking about dick, basically. And then I kind of would go, well, what am I doing? I'm going to my meetings in the morning and I haven't got a social life. And I thought, no, you're going, instead of going out at night, talking about dick and going home, you're going to a meeting in the morning, talking about things that can actually matter not necessarily A things, but just you're having lucid conversations with people you remember 
and still talking about dick a bit because they're gay meetings. Right. Um, but, you know, it was... And then I made some real friends. But it's mm. still... I still have... You know, you go through... It goes up and down. I love it. And then I go... What, I mean, I love it because of the people I've met. Not endlessly talking about God. And, I right. Mean, I don't... I get. I just struggle so much with that. And just having to call it God. Or not... You know, it's a God of your understanding. It's like, oh. Yeah, you know, it's it's very. It still has a lot of fear-based stuff that like organized religion, but right. Yes, I want to, but I also think it's it. It really does help people in the right. Oh, and we're oh, we're yeah. all students, it's, and it's all. It really is all. It's day to day for everyone. No you kidding, know, it we, got me off call, and it, and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, and, but you know, you're you have accomplished so much for your years. And I, my feeling is you haven't even like hit the. I, I just feel Let's like a big, huge. Sober me is supposed to do just. No I really, promises. but Magnus, yeah. I really, sorry, sorry, I really this is an feel AA that. Podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I just, I just think it's very exciting. It's like you're it at feels, a, yeah. it's like you're at a new plateau. Well, it feels so now like you get to explore yeah, that. I, I bought a place. I'm getting rid of my old place, which was also my studio. But you know, I just went. I just. Shifting everything. I'm, mm-hmm. I read the one thing I realized this time is you can't just kind of continue with your life and not drink. You have to change. You have your social scene. You have to oh, change yeah, your friends. everything. Yes, unfortunately. And you know, if I, I got my best friend from London is coming over, but because he's a really good friend, he's like, I'm coming to see you and hang out with you. And we've been the last few holidays we went on together. We would be shit faced, but I would. He said. <laughs> the last time we went to Puerto Vallarta, about a year ago, <laughs> and he said, "All I knew was we were going home, saying let's have fun tomorrow night, and the next thing you've you've been on a coke bender, and it's I've been I've found I was literally going to the the, the um what do you call it here the the cash cash points the uh, machine yeah I've the gone ATM to get some ATM uh, which was a hundred yards from the hotel and by, I managed to find a dealer on the way back and got absolutely off my face for twenty four hours and ruined the rest of the holiday. Oh. Well, I hope being on drinking during business hours <laughs> and your your response because we wanted to get together for since we met really you know yeah. we've we've kept a, a dialogue with one another and so you're a, a good sport for being here but you yes. you were very I I mean you know you're you're drinking your Stella non alcoholic and beer and you were you were very um, uh, resolute you're like well I'll be on the show but. I'm I am not, not going to. Anymore. It's not really the drinking. So no, it's good, a, I, good. I, because I'm not, wanted to clear that up. Enough to have a thing that if I think, oh, because occasionally I'll go. Oh, I just, I just want a glass of wine or I want whatever. But it's, it's like you. What it leads to for me is, mm-hmm. is it leads to coke, to random sex, to more drugs, right? To, to um, sleeping pills, to whatever, to the ER, to, to, to full anxiety. My the God, thing it does is yeah. Give me the worst anxiety attacks that are fully terrifying, and I think I'm dying. And it just does it every time. So even the thought of a line of coke now, I start to feel sick because I know that that's what it's going to. That's do. really I, that's good. That's good. conscious. That yeah. means you've reached a different level of consciousness, and you're not running from yourself anymore. You're actually looking at yourself in the mirror yeah. and seeing it. I mean, it's tough because I kind sure. of sometimes go, but I just don't want to have those. I want to go and have a big fat line of coke and. A thing. <laughs> 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 like you don't need that to be fun. No, this no, this has been know, so much fun. Though. I, you are so much fun. I mean, for years. Like, <laughs> 
For years, I had a friend of mine who used to say to me, you need to quit smoking pot. Welcome to Pirate Studios. And I'm like, well, no, I don't. Everything's fine. He goes, listen, I used to smoke a lot of pot. I quit smoking pot, and I got news for you. The television show Taxi is still funny. Yeah, and he's you know, fun. and I, I was like, everyone. weed makes things funnier. Yeah, makes the lights yeah. better. But the truth is, no, no substance does. Oh that. no, I mean, I think about Those, coke, thinking that you know, you have your, your line, and then you spend the whole evening going, I want another. Well, one more line. You're, you're talking to someone, not listening to a word they're saying, going, I want another one. I want another right. one. Right, I want one more word. Exactly. Exactly, I remember. I yeah. remember that. I love. I love. Oh, no yeah. goodness, I lived in Miami for twelve years. Oh, so people offer you cocaine like they're offering Oops. you an empanada. Yeah, look at him trying to steal my. I line. like empanadas, but you know, I have this bit. It's like I, I love coke, and and just thinking about it makes me want to go have a bowel movement. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I am so happy we finally got together. Yeah. And I really feel very privileged and honored that I did that, that I agreed to do that show and that I happened to be standing next to you. I mean, I really feel it was kismet. Yeah. And I mean, I had no idea the enormity of, of the, the size of your talent and your work. And you're just, I honestly, I, I just think that you are a spectacular human. Well. And you. and so many uh, <laughs> incredible things to come for you. I I and so thank you for being here. Yeah, your work's incredible, by the way. And just it's being incredible. Able to Everyone, please please go joy. to Magnus Hastings <laughs> MagnusHastings.com uh, for the, the, to, to see the most beautiful yeah, visual. It's incredible uh, photography. And your Instagram is also Magnus, Magnus Hastings. Hastings. I'm barely on it. It's so funny. I was. It was such a full time job. What do you know? It's like, right. Oh God, Social media is two hours out of your I day every day. I Adversarial. Don't yeah. Lose for, I don't. But I don't care. I was. I was rebuilding up, going. Oh, I got my got my tick and got my this and got my sixty thousand foot, and then I just went. I, I just don't care. So I mean, who knows? But, but if people want to find you, they can find you at magnushastings.com. Yeah, Magnus my work. I, I mean, I post once every three weeks on right. Instagram now. So then they got to keep checking back. Yeah, <laughs> they got to oh, keep good. going a, there. That means you have a life. So and you're our uh, neighbor, so we're gonna yeah. hang out a little and, bit and and um, keep a lookout yes. for this big project that Magnus oh, God, has going well, on because yeah. that's yeah uh, the big project well, and my full retirement. And, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll so have you back that. for a part two. Yeah, after I, I have a feeling we're gonna need a part two. Well, just so you know, I am involved in a project as well that I'm not allowed to talk about. Life changing, life changing, life changing. So. We'll but do dueling projects okay. next that's, time. That's why what Katy Perry says, you have to be, ready, be ready for the firework. Oh. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for, that was terrible, right? I don't have a very good voice. I'll do it. Firework. All there right, everybody. All right, all right. Andrew, thank you for uh, tuning you. in to this episode of Drinking <laughs> During Business Hours. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Firework.